It's the Favorites Podcast presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because their app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And when I win, I get paid fast. Plus, FanDuel lets me jump in on the action anytime with live betting during games. So download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Must be 21 or older and in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. We are days away from opening day for Major League Baseball. I mean, who doesn't get that little tickle in their stomach when we get close to Major League Baseball and the first pitch? I know Simon Hunter does because I've gone to a Major League Baseball game with Simon Hunter. It was one of my greatest joys. And he is my co-host. He is my BFF. He is my companion. He is my compadre. He is a professional better. Simon Hunter! Hello, Simon. Hello, Chad. What a sports weekend, brother. I, I really, there's a few times where you're just, you just bask in it. You literally just turn the phone off and all you're doing is just watching tons of sports. And with March Madness, with even the World Baseball Classic, honestly, I can't believe how much fun that's been the last two weeks. Um, it makes the pain of football being over a little easier because you got great hoops, you got NBA, you got hockey, and like I just said, World Baseball Classic. So that was a nice – I know the some fans are split on the World Baseball Classic because their players are getting hurt. I just think that's part of baseball. And to me, I, I love it as a little pregame warm-up to the MLB season. So I don't know about you, but I really, really enjoyed um, this year of the World Baseball Classic. I thought it was awesome, and I thought you just did a professional job leading into our topic for today, which, of course, I know you love this podcast because – you you are a makes money every year makes, makes money, money every, every year, year off but Sean you are Zerla. also um you're sort of a under the radar massive baseball fan and i've been to the phillies games with you obviously philly fans are just crazy anyways but <laughs> our podcast today is one of our favorites of the nfl offseason we got Sean Zarillo we got Anthony Debundo two action network baseball experts on the show today, I want to remind everybody, you got to listen to Payoff Pitch, the Action Network's baseball podcast. We've got Thursday and Friday episodes this week for uh, opening day. Once the season begins, we're doing it every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. And before Zarillo comes on, and I, and, uh, I got to spend time with both Anthony and Zarillo this past weekend. We had a big event in New Jersey. They were both there, as were 
uh, as was uh, Anthony's mom. It's great of her to show up at the bar. But um, let's give Zerillo a little props before he even comes on. I want to read some of the bets that Sean Zerillo, that he probably gave us last year. I know he gave you some of these because you bet a lot of them. Last year, he had Aaron Judge, AL MVP, 25 to 1, cashed. Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners, 9 to 1, AL Rookie of the Year, cashed. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, 25 to 1, Cy Young, Marlins, cashed. Phillies, NL Pennant, 20 to 1, cashed. He also came a whiskers breath. Kyle Schwarber to lead the league in home runs, 50 to 1, finished second. Phillies to win the World Series, obviously. Came this close, 40 to 1. Um, last year, this is where it gets interesting, and we'll talk some of this today. Last year, Sean Zerillo's projections for win totals went 19, 10, and 1. More accurate. Like the people who do projections, when I say these next three brands that do it, Zerillo was more accurate than Zips projections, Davenport projections, Pakoda projections. Fucking Pakoda, Simon. He beat Pakoda. What do you got to say to that? <laughs> oh, finally, we took down the machines, Chad. The, our hero we truly needed, Sean was our hero. So <laughs> Everybody go read Sean's uh, MLB previews. They're out. Two of them are out now. He's got team futures out right now. He's got player prop projections. He's got more coming later this week. Sean Zarillo, Anthony DeBundo, long introduction. Welcome to the Favorites podcast. Baseball's almost here. Oh, Anthony, you're in your Phillies jersey. Right away, tell me right now, Phillies, over, under 89 wins. I'd probably have to go under. I'm wearing my Reese jersey. Reese goes down with an ACL last week. It feels like a big balloon was forming over the Phillies this season after the big October run. Uh, but people forgot they were only an 87-win team last year, and they have some major question marks, not just at first base now, but the starting pitching has taken a big hit depth-wise. So I would go under. Sean, since we got Simon on the podcast and he's a huge Philly, wait for it, fanatic. Yeah, uh, the Phillies went total under. One of my favorites in the National League, one of my favorites in baseball this season, even before the Reese Hoskins injury, before the Andrew Painter injury, the top pitching prospect in baseball who is expected to give them a boost this year. Obviously, as you mentioned in the intro, which I appreciate, the Phillies, my favorite long shot bet last season. My opinion on them hasn't really changed. If they make the playoffs, they're going to be dangerous. But in terms of having depth to get to the playoffs, guaranteeing themselves a playoff spot, Bryce Harper not coming back likely till midseason and coming off of an injury where it may sap his power. There's a lot of reasons to be down on the Phillies this season on top of the recent injuries they've had. So definitely a win total under bet for me, probably down to about 88 wins after the Reese Hoskins injury. That said, if they make the playoffs, they're still going to be just as dangerous as they were last year, but their win total went up by a couple wins and I don't see them as any more talented coming into this season than they were last year. I right, will listen. We got MLB opening day coming up this week. And so it's a good time to remind people as they've been hearing me talk about game time all off season long in the last episode and the episode before that game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the U S I love game time. Honestly, I do. I use it all the time. And if you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week, or even a concert, 
Game Time has amazing last-minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm actually going to open the Game Time app right now from my house, and lo and behold, look what I see. I can get into Yankee Stadium for opening day against the Giants for 84 bucks. How easy is that? No matter where you live, download the Game Time app. Get out and have some fun this week. You deserve it. And you can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the app. Enter code favorites for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. I feel like we got to get a little organized here, Simon. So I know what I want to know. I want some season win totals. They just gave us one for the Phillies. I know how much you love like the future player prop projections. So we're going to get into World Series futures. We're going to get into pennant futures. We're going to get into season win totals. But before we do that, Simon, ask away on the player prop projections, whichever ones you want to know about. <laughs> well, I'll go boring first. I just reading through Sean's article like the last couple of days it really stands out you really love the Braves this year. And I know they're obviously the best team last year. How do you project out a team like that, that it was so disappointing in the playoffs? They're bringing everyone back. I mean, you could argue the Braves are better this year than they were last year. Do you still think in that division where the Mets have gotten better? I mean, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I do think the Phillies have gotten better just because I like this coaching staff, the coaching staff they had last year, took them to the World Series. I think it's light years ahead of what they had last year going into the season. So, to me, the, the NL East is really strong. I'm just interested to hear Sean's projection here. I know he's not you know, going crazy with the over-under on Atlanta, but you do like them to win the division, and you like them well, a couple of their player prop bets. So I'm just interested to hear Sean's view on Atlanta and if Anthony agrees with Sean's view on Atlanta because to me it seems like they're far and above. You know, Once again, it's them, it feels like it's them and the Dodgers where they're kind of the most talked about two teams heading into the season. Yeah, so in terms of teams who are likeliest to make playoffs, teams who have the highest upside projection in terms of just being there at the end, making the dance, the Braves are at 85%. If you combine the projections from Fangrass and Dakota, that's higher than any other team. The Yankees are at 82.5%. Yeah, uh, the Padres are at 80%. And the Astros are also at 80%. That's the only group. Uh, the Dodgers are in there as well. So those five teams, all at 80% or above, but amongst them, the Braves are actually the most mispriced because the Braves should probably be around minus 650 to make the playoffs. And you can get them as low as minus 500. I think it's because their division is so strong. But something we've talked about a lot on our payoff pitch podcast is the schedule being different this year. The NL Central. Right. These teams are all playing their divisions less, which means the NL Central teams and the AL Central teams who have generally been weaker, advanced less in the playoffs than these other divisions. In recent years, they're going to get fewer games against each other and more games against the West and the East. And that does not bode well for the NL Central or AL Central. I have a difficult time seeing those divisions getting more than one playoff team. It's possible, certainly. Uh, and the Twins are actually a team who, based on the odds, may be worth a bet around plus 1-15 to make the playoffs because there's actually projections that have them closer to 50%, 55%. So... Regardless of that and, you know, the middle of the table at the upper echelon of the league, there are only certain teams who have both the depth and the top end talent to sprint their way through the season, get a big lead, get a buy, get to the playoffs and comfortably have their 
starters rest for the end compared to the teams who are in the middle of the pack who have to fight all the, way, all the way through. The difference between the Braves and the other teams at the top is player development. You saw Michael Harris, Spencer Strider basically come from nowhere on the odds board last year for rookie of the year, 100 to 1 plus each. Harris not even listed to finish 1-2 in the race. And they have more pitchers this year who are competing for back-end rotation spots, had no issue sending Ian Anderson back down to the minor leagues to try to get him a little bit better. He was a key part of their rotation when they made the World Series run a couple of years ago. So the Braves back end of the rotation, the way that they have all these first round picks who they're constantly juggling and adding new pitches to, I trust their player development more than I do any other organization. On top of the math, it just says for me that I like them a few wins better than the market does. I like the Mets and the Phillies slightly less than the market does. So all that adds up to me to making the Braves about 60% to win their division, minus 150 at plus. They were plus 140. After the Diaz injury, they dropped down to about plus 115. And then I think after the Hoskins injury, they moved closer to even money. So you've seen the market adjust relative to the injuries for the Mets and the Phillies in, in favor of the Braves. But yeah, I mean, since the midpoint of last season, the Braves have been my favorite team in baseball, or my best projected team in baseball. Fangraphs has basically carried the same opinion. Pakoda is lower on the Braves and higher on the Mets, but I'm happy to see that it's not just me who views the Braves as the best team in baseball, not only from a depth perspective, but in terms of the star talent they have. Like they lose Danzy Swanson, but they didn't get a, a full season from Acuna last year. Uh, I expect Matt Olson to take another step forward. Ozzy Albee is coming back. So they lost a little bit of production, but I expect them to replace it in different ways. And just the number of outs they give themselves to with player development, how deep their bullpen is. It's a very difficult team, but the safety of betting the Braves now at 10 to one, knowing they're going to make the playoffs, I think is why I like them pennant world series. And in addition to their divisional futures, they're just a very likely team to make the dads. Yeah, I agree. You know, 10 to one for Ronald Acuna to win the MVP is uh, my favorite bet for Atlanta. He wasn't very good in 2021, uh, 2022, rather. He had a pretty down year relative to his expectations, only a 114 WRC plus. So he was about 20 points lower than his projection. And he was battling that knee injury. He wasn't quite hundred percent. So hundred percent Ronald Acuna raises their ceiling even higher. And I think he has that, that star potential. He was stealing bases again, uh, but he was complaining throughout the second half of the season that his knee wasn't quite right. He was in and out of the lineup battling that. He hit a lot of ground balls. We've seen him unlock a lot more power in spring training this year, hitting more balls in the air, full offseason to get healthy. It's a huge difference. And they won the World Series without him too. I mean, we we don't talk about it enough, but they they literally won the World Series without their best player. They had him last year. He wasn't even at 100%. If he's close to 100% again, this team is the best in baseball. I mean, look, I, I can't believe I teed Simon up to take the glory <laughs> bet of home run leader. And you're like, can we talk about the Atlanta Braves? I love it. I love I just love the info about it. Cause to me, that's something that the normal fans not realizing is how good Atlanta is heading into the season. So I just wanted to get that off the top. I mean, I joke about it. Uh, I joked about it on our NL East preview that we did on payoff pitch. I've every year that I've bet baseball, I have bet the Atlanta Braves to win the division. And every year they have won the division uh pretty comfortably. Last year was a bit of a sweat. The Mets had a great first half. Uh, but the Mets, you know, regress a little bit, and I'm worried about their age profile. The Mets are the oldest team in the league. They have some questions at corner infield, the third base, and corner outfielders are old. The starting rotation is very old. Um, so I'm worried about the Mets, especially now losing Diaz. 
And how often do the, the Braves sign big free agents? How often is talent coming from outside of their organizations? Always internal. I know they lost Freddie Freeman, traded for Matt Olson. Like that's a one for one thing. By and large, all of their talent comes within their player development system. So we continue to underrate their ability to get the most out of the talent in their organization. No, it's the old Phillies joke that Bobby Cox would just walk into a hospital and point to a baby and say, that's a left fielder, that's the shortstop, that's a closer. And literally, that's how it worked with Atlanta for about 30 years. So clearly, he's still still helping out in their farm program. Uh, who's going to win the fucking home run title? <laughs> Well, do you want do you want the real answer? Or do you want some crazy odds? Because you're Give not some crazy odds. my pick. I mean, you across the odds. board, you guys can ask me about stat leaders this year. You know, I've come on before and given out Wagner or Junior home run leader fifty to one. Schwarber last year fifty to one. I do love those fifty to one bets, right? And I think it is a category where you speculate on Hall of Fame talent, guys like Juan Soto, who if he just decides to start swinging more, is he going to turn into Barry Bonds? Is he going to sacrifice walks for home runs at some point? I think it's going to happen. Soto's 24. He's hitting his physical prime. So Soto at 50 to 1 to be home run leader? Sure, fire on that. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, 50 to 1 home run leader. I know Anthony likes his home run total under, but I said on our podcast for prop bets, Julio is the kind of guy who you can justify based on projections betting his home run total under, but also based on stat cast metrics, justify betting him to lead the league in home runs because he has some... 40 home run, 40 steal seasons in his future, very likely. Uh, Matt Olson, 60 to 1, just mentioned him, but the guy is Jordan Alvarez. RBI, home runs, run scored, MVP across the board. Jordan Alvarez is my guy this season. He's the player I've allocated the most to in the futures market. It's three quarters of a unit. If he gets hurt, I'm not going to be devastated by any means. But based on his batted ball profile, his development arc as a hitter, this guy is the best bat in baseball. And Honestly, one of the best bats I've ever seen. Maybe the best since Barry Bonds, the best outside of this steroid era. Hold on. Hold on. I agree. All right. All right. <laughs> Wait, a let's... quick agreement from Anthony. Let's talk about say... that for a second. That is a massive statement because what you just said about this guy is that you've put, again, you said it's only three quarters of a unit, but it's the most you bet on any individual bet. What? Uh, and even drew a player, and you're basically comparing him to Barry Bonds. I would like each of you to break that down. Debundo, you go first. Yeah, there was a point in the middle of last season where I was just kind of looking through his stat profile, and one of the things I like to look at is plate discipline. So how much are you swinging at balls and strikes? How good is your reading of the strike zone? Because that's really what separates guys to take that next step. His swing percent, so the amount of times he swung at a pitch, was exactly the same as the year before but he cut his chase rate on balls by 5% and increased his swing rate on strikes by 5%. And I was like, holy shit, like that's like superstar level stuff to do that in one year. And we've always known how much raw power he has. I mean, if you watch him hit, he hits unbelievable homers. So what the result of that was his walk rate went up, his strikeout rate went down, his raw power and his contact quality was as elite as it's ever been. The biggest thing with him is injuries. I mean, he had like a weird hand injury, wrist injury, that kind of kept him out, and then his knees are not great. Uh, but they do, don't play him in the field as much, too. So that does help him. But in terms of just, like, pure hitter, I will take him over Juan Soto. And I will take him – I mean, he's the best pure hitter. Like, even an Aaron Judge, as elite as he is, does strike out a good amount. Uh, much well, more Jordan than Alvarez, Aaron. it feels like he's, you know, he, he has Aaron Judge-like – 
qualities in that he's just huge. He's um he's just the bat looks like a toothpick in his hands. We're starting to see some of these baseball players come up athletically that I don't think we've seen before. O'Neill Cruz last year, a six foot seven shortstop. Ellie De La Cruz, who's going to come up for the Reds, is one of the most dynamic athletes that will ever step on a baseball field. Julio, we already talked about. The athleticism coming into the game, in addition to the fact that baseball has modified the rules to increase the emphasis on speed, base running. Obviously, Jordan does not fit into that profile, but the gargantuan nature of his size, in addition to the fact that he is so disciplined as a hitter, I think that's where the Bonds come, comes in for me. Not in any way, shape, or form in terms of speed or defense. Barry Bonds, as an overall baseball player, far superior. I'm talking about pure hitting ability, ability to recognize balls and strikes, as Anthony said, and then his pure power, his in-game power, both raw and in-game power. Jordan is a freak. He's 25 years old. The season that Aaron Judge put up last year, he's going to have at some point if he stays healthy. He didn't pick up a bat until the final week of spring trade. This is the biggest concern here. But his odds relative to where he ranks in terms of his average expected production per playing time, I have him as the RBI leader in terms of RBIs per plate appearance. All of it aligns with his price points. Look at his stat cast page. He's in the 100th percentile for basically every key stat, except for strikeout rate. He's in the 63rd percentile, but that's just because he swings hard. He's looking for home runs. But in terms of what he's looking to recognize and hit, this guy is as good as Soto. In terms of plate discipline, there's other guys who are better about to ball skills, but he is elite in terms of his plate recognition and adding the power on top of it. Those are the skills you covet. That's my elite player portfolio is that power and plate discipline together. It's unbeatable. What are his current odds again right now? So for home run leader, I believe Jordan is 14 to one. I, I also bet him, MB, uh, bet him RBI leader 10 to one. And I bet him MVP at 14 to one as well. So home run MVP, both 14 to one have like a quarter unit on each of those. And then a little bit less on his RBI and runs leader bets. Grand slams, no hitters and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash favorites, sign up, place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If you don't win, my favorite bet for opening day is the Chicago Cubs to win the National League pennant. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com favorites to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball, must be 21 or older and in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. 
FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Simon, I want to hear DeBundo's long shot, but Simon is beaming right now. I I forget how much he loves this podcast and how much he loves baseball. I I actually do want to ask Simon, why didn't you ever become a professional baseball better? Everything Zerillo and DeBundo are talking about like plays to all your interests and strengths and you love baseball. Other than the fact that you truly have no life for about seven months, um, it's in my when when I first got into this world, especially where the old school was meeting the new school of the old school guys, they did some analytics and some stuff on computers, but they really didn't honestly. A lot of it was word to mouth spots, like they knew spots, different spots in baseball. When I got into it, there was just guys that were just older than me that they kind of had their own little group. I really couldn't get in that door for baseball. It really was tight knit. You know, it's different where. You could say what you want now about how baseball has changed so much. When I got in, you know, 13 years ago, 12 years ago, baseball was nothing like it is now, especially betting wise. It, it's completely a different world. So people like Sean here that have got into it more recently are far better off than people who have been in baseball for a long time. I mean, it's a huge advantage. Like he's talking about everything you can do now in the computer with analytics. It's huge. So that's what was making me smile is like, you know, He's talking about a guy here who obviously I would love for him to be the home run leader, all these other stuff. I like when Sean came on here and gave us like the 50 to one stuff. Cause that to me is the, such the unicorn stuff of baseball. It's like oh, you have guys who are just one year. You'll have the RA Dickies. That's my favorite thing forever. The RA Dickie. It's like you have a knuckleballer who's 38 years old, somehow win the Cy Young. That's why we love baseball. That's why I love betting baseball. So um, again, we're going to talk about like, I want to talk about most wins. Um, there's just a bunch of stuff that Sean puts out there that, you're getting these crazy high odds that if Sean shits the bed this year, you sh- you miss on everything. You shouldn't care because Sean has already given you a crazy return in these last couple of years. So that's one of the me's where stick to it with baseball. Like Sean's going to give these out every year. You want to play it every year. Like you're not going to know half the name Sean's talking about. That's what I love about baseball. It's just there's such a turnover. So to me, that's what the smile on my face. It's like, God, I can't wait for opening day. Just all of it. I just love baseball. It's the... It's the best. You know it is, Chad. The background noise of the summer. It's just yeah. always on the TV all summer. All right. Well, look, DeBundo wants his shot. DeBundo wants to take <laughs> a shot. He wants to give us a, a home run long shot. Let's, Let's hear go, it, baby. Byron Buxton, Minnesota, center fielder DH, 60 to 1. You can Perfect. find him that high. <laughs> look, Buxton 
was having a ridiculous season. And the question with him is never how good is he? It's always, can he stay healthy? The twins are making an effort to keep him healthier. They went and signed Michael Taylor from the Royals. He's going to, I think, play center field. Buxton's going to DH more. He's not stealing bases anymore. So they're trying to do everything possible. They're even load managing him at points last season. They're trying to keep him as healthy as possible because last year he played 92 games. In 2021, he only played 61 games. In 2019, he only played 87 games. But at some point, he probably will have a season where he gets lucky and stays healthy for the whole year. And when he does, he is an unbelievable slugger who's right up there with the top of the level guys. I mean, Zerillo said he projected him sixth most home runs per plate appearance. He hit 28 homers in 92 games last year. That's right below, right around a 50 home run pace. Uh, and his his uh, you know he's been focusing more on hitting fly balls. He's been striking out a little more but just trying to tap into as much power as possible. That's the guy I want. So at 60 to one, he'll probably hit 20 homers the first two months and then miss a month and it'll cost him. But if he can put together one healthy season, he's right up there with the best in the league. All right, Simon, what were you going to ask about wins? Were you asking season win totals or pitcher wins? Uh, Pitchers, most wins. I just like that Sean right now is the the shortest odds he has is 25 to one. So I, I like that, that he has a bunch of guys here. We all have really good odds. So um, from Sean's perspective, I know Anthony could touch on it. Are there any guys that really jump out? I know you're kind of favoring your projections here. We're just like, all right, well, I'll put an Atlanta guy in there just because I assume Atlanta's going to have the most wins. So I'm interested to hear how Sean breaks down, who, who how he projects out most wins for pitchers. Yeah, uh, Garrett Cole, Max Freed, tied atop my projection lead at 15. They've kind of been the projected leaders the past two or three years just based on the number of times they take the ball, the teams they play for and how deep they both pitch into games. So they're around for a lot of decisions, play for 90 plus one teams, take the ball 32 times a year. You're going to automatically project for around 14 or 15 wins. Freed is 25 to one. I think he should be closer to 20 to one. So he is my favorite bet in that category. And then, as you mentioned, Simon, correlation relative to my Atlanta. Love the fact that I project them as the best team in the league. That all aligns. So. Number of starts for free, the the high number of starts for free on the best team, uh, all sort of aligning. You mentioned, though, and I, I want to get into this before we run out of time, players that nobody has ever heard of at long odds. That is what you're here for, Simon. Yeah. So let me offer you Bubba Thompson as the Steels leader at 50 to 1. He is starting in center field on opening day for the Rangers because their actual center fielder, Leody Tavares, is hurt. In the past five years or so, the major league steals leader, the peak number of steals that they averaged per an average number of plate appearances, that is what Bubba Thompson averaged in his brief major league stint last season. So he's already shown in about 150, 200 plate appearances that he can generate steals at a rate on par with the stolen base leaders from past seasons. He also stole 67 bags on 70 attempts in the majors in AAA last season, which is about as high of a percentage I've seen for that many steals over the course of a season at that high of level of baseball. Um, So if he just decides to steal every time he's on first, if they just pinch run him every game with these new rules, I can see a very similar season for Bubba Thompson is what John Birdie did for the Marlins, where he led the league in steals. I think he had 40 steals and about 400 plate appearances last season. If you get Bubba Thompson 350, 400 plate appearances, he could absolutely get 40 or 45 steals based on the rate that he was running last year, the rate that he ran in the minors, and the success rate that he had on those bags. So 
Bubba Thompson, one of the fastest players in baseball, but on top of that, probably the best pure base stealer in baseball. There's guys like Corbin Carroll, who is the best runner in baseball. He's the fastest guy, but there's actually better base stealers on Carroll's own team. Bubba Thompson, stealing and speed aren't necessarily the same thing. There are instincts, timing, other things that go into that. So Bubba Thompson, I think, is going to be an elite base dealer if he gets playing time. And he's getting a jump from opening day. So maybe he has a hot week. They keep sticking him in the lineup and he gets enough playing time to get. And real quick, did they change the pickoff rule now that you only get two attempts? And then and then if you attempt a third time, you don't get them. They get the next base. Does that count as a steal? Uh, I don't no. believe it. I'm I'm it actually doesn't. not sure how that would it would it count as a balk. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So okay. it, you're not gonna see though too many. I mean, it's at that point like yeah, they'll do they'll do two attempts and they just won't do the third. Right, because you're just giving up the base at that point anyway. So you may as yeah. well throw the pitch and see if your catcher can get him out. All right, Bubba Thompson, we love that. We got to get out of here in about five minutes because uh, we've got tight time constraints today. Um, which means I need from Zerillo and I need from Debundo your best season win total over and your best season win total under each of you. Okay. And Simon, then you will ask about, uh, their, uh, pennant and world series predictions. Best dots. Zerillo go first. Give me your best season win total over and your best season win total under. I like the Marlins over 74 and a half wins. They have a ton of starting pitching depth. I know they signed Johnny Cueto. Don't love that because I wanted them to bring up Yuri Perez as one of their top prospects. But they added some offense with Luis Arise. They're finally starting to get a little bit more competitive. But just the starting pitching depth that they have on a game-to-game basis, I'm actually going to be betting on the Marlins a lot again this season. Hopefully they improve their bullpen because they blew a ton of games. So if the Marlins over 74 and a half, I like is my favorite over. My favorite under is the White Sox under 89 and 83 and a half. I'm sorry. In addition to the Phillies under 88 or 87 and a half, even that's fine as well. Uh, In terms of pennant and World Series predictions, I'll give you my final four as I see it now. These teams are all futures that I bet. Guardians and Yankees in the American League. Wow. Yes. And then we're going to go with the Braves and Padres in the NL. So a bit more predictable in the NL. I've talked a lot about the fact that the new rules help the Guardians more than any other team. Tristan McKenzie, though, who's a starter that I liked as a Cy Young bet, is hurt for two months now. They lost their one of their top prospects due to injury. Bo Naylor, who's one of their other top prospects as a catcher, he'll be up later in the year. So given these injuries that the Guardians have, the fact that they should eventually peak later in the season... I think they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs with their bullpen. They're going to have to play tight games probably to overcome the Astros of the Yankees. But yeah, the, the Guardians are going to be aided by the new rules as much as any team. I also like the Cardinals for a similar reason. The window. Oh, yeah. So we're talking new rules. Uh, over on the Arizona Diamondbacks, 74 and a half wins. Uh, they were the worst team in baseball two years ago, and they have steadily trended up considerably. They've had a bit of a youth movement. Corbin Carroll is the National League Rookie of the Year favorite. He is going to be every day a player. He's the fastest player in baseball. They're more built to lean in on the new rules, I think, than in the National League than any other team, like the Guardians in the American League. They have a trio of really interesting young pitchers. Only one of them will start in the rotation, Ryan Nelson. 
but Dre Jameson is waiting there. Brandon Fott is, I think, uh, you know, one of the three best pitching prospects in baseball. He's sitting in AAA. So the minute that Bumgarner or Zach Davies start to falter, I think you're going to see these guys come through. They have more team speed and a better defense than probably anybody in baseball. They were second and outs above average last year defensively. They have Alec Thomas, Jake McCarthy, Corbin Carroll, a ton of speed. So they're going to be able to lean in on the pitching, the defense, and the speed to win and get to about 500. Plus, fewer games against the two Mammoths in that division will certainly help more games against the weak American League. My under, I'm going to go with the Washington Nationals, under 59 and a half wins. And I know it sounds crazy. My first pick was the White Sox, but Sean took it. So I'm going to take the Nationals. They don't have a single player by the bat projections that is expected to be above average this season. Not one player. Their best player is a 99 WRC plus, and he's a 30 year old triple a journeyman who had a breakout campaign last year. Uh, Joey Manessis. Other than that, it's a really bad lineup of retreads. And I was somewhat interested in their pitching at first, but Mackenzie Gore has had some problems in spring training. Cade Cavalli, their top pitching prospect has to get Tommy John. They're starting Patrick Corbin who lost 19 games last year on opening day. I think this could be a next level of utility for the Nationals. Uh, they had a respectable lineup at the start of last season. Then they lost Juan Soto. They lost Josh Bell. It was a triple-A team. This is a triple-A team. So I'm going to take under 59 and a half on the Nationals. Uh, as for my World Series prediction, I agree with Sean on the Braves. I think they're the deepest team. I trust their pitching uh, and, and their bullpen's elite, and I think they're going to get an MVP Acuna. So they're going to be my pick. Let's talk about Otani and Trout in the American League because I th- I don't hate the idea of them as a long shot. And we just talked about this on our on our player props and long shots episode. If they get to the deadline and they're in a position where they have any chance of really competing, Moreno is looking about selling the team. How do you not go all in with Otani potentially looming with free agency here and try to make one run? If they're in contention, they have a lot of bust potential. This is still the Angels. But they also... You know, last year I said I thought the Angels would make the playoffs because I liked their their depth behind Otani and Trout. Rendon got hurt. He's looked great in spring training at third base. But the difference between their depth this year and last year, last year they bet on some young guys finally making that leap into, you know, everyday major leaguers. This year they've actually gone out and spent money on actual everyday major leaguers like Gio Urshela, like Hunter Renfro, players who have proven track records, Brendan Jury that can produce more behind these guys. And they have two starters in Sandoval, Patrick Sandoval and Reed Detmers that I'm, I'm pretty high on. So we know the, we know the top end talents there. Maybe the depth is real this time. And if they get in the playoffs, they're the kind of stars and scrubs team, kind of like the Phillies that could do a similar thing in an American league. That's not quite as deep as the national league. All right. Listen, Angels are 50 to one to win the world series, by the way, you guys, uh, have made Simon's day. I've never seen him take so many notes during a podcast, smiling. Making bets. Making bets, Chad. No notes. Making bets bets. as we speak. Great podcast. Great information. Everyone's got to listen to Payoff Pitch. Uh, Obviously, Thursday, Friday this week, opening day episodes. Monday, Tuesday, Friday during the season. Go read Anthony at Action Network in the app online. Read Zerillo, actionnetwork.com amazing amazing baseball analysts they are inside the game like none other for matt mitchell for simon hunter i am chad millman this has been the favorites podcast from the volume podcast network download from apple podcasts spotify wherever you get your podcasts rate review subscribe make sure you subscribe directly to the favorites say whatever you want leave five stars feedback is a gift until next time love you Ask. 
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.